Welcome back, everybody, to another Monday with the Jocks of All Trades podcast. You know what that means. It is Jock Talk. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of good and, and a lot of bad. So, uh, yeah. the and a lot of just like hilarious. The best way to kick off, as usual, is the buzz. Uh, let's hop right on in. Um, I can I can kind of take this one if you guys want to, uh, real quick. Not even from like an enjoyment standpoint, but just like a. I'm afraid something big is going to happen from this. Uh, so let's go straight into Harson's hard knocks. Um, <laughs> Auburn, what what y'all doing? Y'all in the SEC? Y'all supposed to do something over there? And instead, players are leaving to UCF and South Florida and 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 the Big Twelve. Everybody's just leaving, and they're all citing Harson as a problem. Harson comes out and says. It's not me. Not my big deal. Whatever. No problem. Then you hire the offensive coordinator from the Seahawks. I thought that was a great hire. I thought, okay, they're going to do something. He leaves. He cites personal reasons. Two weeks after showing up at Auburn, not good. Another offensive coordinator resigned. Another coordinator resigned. Harson the whole time spends, well, I haven't done anything wrong. I want to stay with Auburn. That's why I came here. Well, yeah, that's why you came there. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're great. And now Robert is launching a full investigation into his handling of the football program. Guys, what do you make of this? Is this just going to be a big mess? Well, some players came out and said they were treated like dogs. And then other players came to his defense and said, like, no, that's not how he run things. Like, he's our coach. We're going to back him up. And then the head coach himself, Harson, said, Yo, like I'm not going anywhere. Like this is what it is, and I think, I think in this day and age, I think part of the reason why this is such a big thing, people are now the coaches leaving is one thing. Like that's that's weird to me. Players leaving is really not as weird because like you can kind of make any excuse that you want why you're gonna leave a program. Like I'm not starting, or the coach is too tough, or this or this or this. And you can just leave without the penalty of people being pissed at you or, or the penalty of, you know, you losing a year. Like, you can leave willingly, freely, and go. You can make up any reason you want to as why you're leaving. So, for the players, that makes kind of that makes sense because, like, maybe a lot of players are like, dude, this, this dude's a little too off his rocker for me. I don't <laughs> want this. I'm leaving. But the coach is leaving – that to me signals there has to be some kind of like ego problem with him and the way that he treats his staff. Cause we've seen coaches before treat their staff like crap. Like that happens. Um, assistants don't like the head coach because they get an ego problem. They get a big head and they treat them like crap. So from the player standpoint, like just the way that college football is going, but from a coach's standpoint, coaches leaving that, that is what intrigues me. I don't know what to make of it, though. Yeah. No, it's um, – I'm sure that as an Alabama fan, you anyone can sit back and maybe just watch the drama ensue. And th- that's the uh, – that's the, that's the sad part about it because wh- whoever is right in this scenario, it just means that the program is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And um, it means that, you know, we're going to see probably 
Alabama win a few more iron bowls in the near future as if they needed any help. Um, but no, I, it's the reason why you launch investigations. I think they're doing a good thing to launch an investigation, get to the bottom of it, because there, if, if there is so much conflicting output and uh, points of view among the players, among the staff, then maybe it's like he Harson could be as pure as the driven snow. And that would explain why the coaches get, get there and then immediately leave because what, whatever Harson's behavior is, they're saying, Oh, there is massive culture problems here. I'm out. So, um, Either they thought he was the problem or they think that he couldn't fix the problem. But um, it's it's a it's not a good thing if you're um, for shot in war eagle. Yeah. It's weird, too, because like Auburn's while they're not always in playoff contention or, you know, the top contention other than Cam Newton that one year. It is a school that like people do want to like players do want to go to like they have produced a lot of talent to the NFL. Like, is it the greatest team in the world? No, but like from a just a producing NFL talent, producing good players, they've done that. So yeah. like for players to just like a lot of them just to leave, like it's not like, oh, like this, I'll never get to the NFL or like they'll never see me on the big stage. Like, no, you get the big stage. Scouts do come to look at you. It has to be more of a either I'm not going to start or like I cannot stand this dude. So – yeah, mm-hmm. has to be, has to be him. I, I don't really know what else to say. Yep, I, I'm I'm in agreement with that. Uh, let's move on to the coaching carousel, guys. There's a lot. I wrote a whole lot. We can kind of pick and choose what we want to talk about. Kyle, there's a number one hire here that I knew you would probably get excited about. <laughs> Go ahead and start out with that one, man. You know a whole lot about this coach. Well, listen, Dennis Allen just became the Saints head coach. By the way, that just dropped right now. Oh. Um, he is the former D coordinator for the Saints, became head coach. So sorry again to Eric Bieniemy. You can't get a head coaching job. Um, but the big <laughs> one that I want to talk about is Dougie P going to the Jaguars. And listen, a lot of people are just like meh about it. I understand. Like he's pretty, he's a kind of a boring guy. Like he yeah. is. But from just like a quarterback whisperer standpoint, like Carson Wentz came from North Dakota State, played FCS level. Went into his rookie year, started right away, and the next year he was an MVP candidate. I'm not going to put all of that just on Howie Roseman. I'm not going to put all of that just on the weapons they got. A lot of it was definitely Doug Peterson understanding what it takes to be a quarterback. And the Jaguars, if anything, if everything goes wrong, the one thing you want to get right is we need to make sure Trevor Lawrence is upright, is stable, his head is screwed on straight, and he knows what he's doing because that is the only way the Jaguars will ever get back to playoff contention is through Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. However, their ownership sucks. Their GM is a trash bag that no one wants. Um, now, Dougie P did work with Howie Roseman, who is a kind of a trash bag. So maybe that'll still work, you know. But I really I like it because I think that. Lawrence is their number one guy. He's their the only way they're going to get where they want to go. And you need someone to come in and right the ship a little bit, at least from an offensive standpoint. Like he's he's going to need to get some good coordinators in there, 
and a little bit more, t- a lot of more talent on the offensive line. But if he can, if he can do that, like I don't care if their defense is crap. I don't care if they go five and thirteen or five and twelve, whatever. As long as Trevor Lawrence is like progressing and his head is screwed on straight, like that's what you want. So I like it. My my only concern is the relationship now between Trent Balky and Doug Peterson. Yeah, I don't because know. He's he's so he can't be hands off. He has to have his hands on. He likes getting credit for stuff. It's what soured the relationship with Harbaugh with the with San Francisco. He was just he wanted too much credit. If somebody else took his credit, he would come in and swoop in and do something stupid to the roster to make it like be to his credit. And yeah. I think that is going to be the biggest detriment of Dougie P to the upper office and Balky in between the two of them. I think I, I originally blamed Khan, and then I was reminded that Trent is not great at letting everybody do what they want to do. Yeah. I think I think Leftwich nailed it. He needs to be gone for anything to happen. So for, for sure. now. I think it'll be obvious if if the Jaguars go out and put out another stinker of like a two or three win season, it'll be obvious that it's not a head coach situation, especially if they make stupid moves in the off season, uh, or in general, he's gone, he's out, and he should yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to kind of bring up the Bears a little bit because I'm looking at some of these moves the Bears made. They replaced oh. both coordinators. Yeah. They got Luke Getze, um, who was previously Packers quarterback and passing game coordinator. Um, Packer, so they, their QB coach. And then Alan Williams, they brought him in as defensive coordinator. He was previously with the Colts. Uh, he, they were, he was the DB and safeties coach. So they know. So he's coming up from a culture where defense is strong. And heck, if you're getting a person who is the Packers quarterback coach, and passing game coordinator, that's the guy who's been whispering in Aaron Rodgers' ear for a long time. So the Bears are making steps in the good direction, and in a good direction. I'm especially excited to see what uh, Getzy is going to be able to do with Fields. Um, and so, again, I think a lot of it depends on them being able to keep Fields upright, and you need to do that via the draft. But I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing. Like Eberflus isn't a, an offensive guy; he's a defensive guy. However, if you can let someone just take over the entire offense, and not have to worry about it, and if, if if he really did have a lot of input in that Packers offense, like if he learned a lot from Lafleur, like Lafleur's a very good offensive mind. If he learned a lot from him, like that's that's what you want. Like you want to instill that in Fields, so. Um, also, Lovey Smith got hired by the Texans today. Um, I'm not not a big fan of, of that. Um, no. I think he is a good coach. I just don't think he's the guy to turn around the Texans. If that makes sense. I'll talk about that when we talk about Brian Flores. Okay. Yep. Um, the only other one that really sticks out to me is the Vikings. Um, they've been so blasé, and I think that's the best word I can use to talk about the Vikings. Their offense, they have some of the best weapons in the world, but they have not run their offense properly to make that happen. Honestly, you need to take the ball out of Cousins' hands more and put it into Dalvin Cooks. And if you are going to pass it, utilize Justin Jefferson more. 
He is literally the second coming of Randy Moss. You <laughs> probably the best receiver you're going to have for a long time. Um, hopefully, bringing in somebody who is familiar with more of a passing game, balancing with a run game, would be the Rams' offensive coordinator or previous Kevin O'Connell. Hopefully, that's what they need. Just a regime change. Somebody that comes in and says, "Look, Cousins is everybody knows that." But if we're going to have to keep him, let's make the most of his contract and utilize the best parts of our offense, which is our weapons, not our quarterback. It, it feels very it feels very Mac Jones-esque. Like, yeah, Mac, Mac is the big guy in that offense. He was. Because the receivers are garbage besides the tight ends and your plethora of running backs. But what did they, what did they dedicate to most of the season? Easy passes for Mac Jones and relinquishing the ball early to pull the defense and to give him easier passes in the middle of the field. All they did. Is, is Mac Jones Tom Brady? No. So you have to cater to him. Josh McDaniels did a fantastic job with that, to cater to him. Hopefully, Kevin O'Connell will do that with the Vikings. Um, and the second part of the, what I like the Vikings did, they took the former vice president of football operations for the Browns as their GM. And I was like, okay, that's kind of garbage. And then I thought about it. Maybe it's not. We've kind of seen the Browns transform from the we never win anything to we were in the playoffs. We were in the hunt in our division for a while. They're changing their culture and what they aim to do. And I think that's the biggest problem with the Vikings right now is the culture behind it. Besides, like, the obvious lack of any kind of defense whatsoever, it, you, you build a winning culture, you will get the most out of Cousins. Look at the Eagles. They want to see the with Foles. You don't need the Tom Brady's of the world to win. You need them to be efficient in the situations and offense you put them in. So I like both of these hires by the Vikings. And also, if you think about it, like Kevin O'Connell with the Rams, now, I don't know how long he was there, but like Sean McVay and the Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Yep. With Jared Goff. Yes. So like, if and you can get more out of Kirk Cousins than you ever could with, with Jared Goff. So oh, yeah. the issue is like, can you make, can you just, like you said, be efficient, not turn the ball over, not make stupid plays, Rely on Dalvin Cook. Rely on your weapons, and also play some good defense. That's that's what's going to be different here. Is like, is our defense going to be up to snuff? But like, if they can do that, like the Vikings have a lot of talent on their team. It's just like I think the big problem is is just not finishing games, not being efficient. Kirk Cousins not doing what he's supposed to be doing. If he can make it simpler, maybe like I think that could work out for them. Um, but yeah, I also the Dolphins, that head coaching hire was just weird to me as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, that's an, another conversation for another day. It's just so many things happen with, with these head coaching hires with Brian Flores. It's just kind of like hard to yeah. talk about all of that right now, but let's, yeah, I don't like, I don't like that. So let's just have a brief, hold on, wait, wait. Oh, no. Auburn, no. 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 We want Kirk Cousins to just not be. How about that? Uh, <laughs> early retirement for you, Cousins. How about it, buddy? Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Maybe he'll be the next one to post 30 for 30. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. We need to we need Kirk Cousins to stop being Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Correct. Let's, let's talk briefly though about the Brian Flores thing. I might feel a little more passionately about this than than you guys do, but I think Flores is spot on. Whether his direct allegations are correct or not it is not even the point anymore, because he listed the enemy in his stuff. He's listed a long history of black men that have performed better than the white guys that get hired. He is proving a point that the way that the NFL is structured is terrible. The Rooney rule is insulting. The Lovey Smith hire was done because he's black. That's insulting. Like, if you're going to pick somebody, the enemy should have been the head coach, somebody who's proven that he can play quality football. Now, Lovey Smith is a great guy, but Lovey Smith had the 23rd ranked defense in the NFL last year. And you want to tell me he's the best candidate to, to be the head coach? No, they picked him because he's black. Because what, what do you do? Like, what, what are you supposed to do? Like, don't just pick him because they're black, pick him because they are excellent men. And that's what's being lost in the shuffle here. And, and regardless yes. of whether Flores is right, Flores has a great point. And he he listed the enemy in his long paper that he sent to the NFL. He said, look at the enemy. The enemy is a perfect example of current stuff. Look at how Hugh Jackson, like, yeah, he had a terrible team. He wasn't a great coach. That's okay. But to vilify him in the way that they did, we don't really do that to white coaches very often. Adam Gase, of course, because Gase is stupid. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. This right here, Avin, we did not hear anything about Lovey Smith until today. Why is that? Why why do you wonder why that is? Like it, it just it drives me absolutely batty that the entire process for hiring people is backwards, racist, and awful. <laughs> that's that's where we are. And you know what? I, I I'm starting to side with some of these players that are saying that professional sports leagues it's just about money. You do not care about – look at who makes up – and Aubin brought this up. And Aubin, I'm going to use you. Look at who makes up 90% of these NFL teams, maybe even 95. Take away the black players. What do you have? Punters, cares, some quarterbacks, maybe a couple tight ends. And Cooper Cup. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. My, my point remains, like, yeah. the whole sport rests on uh, black men and black excellence. And yeah. we're taking that away – to, to just say, well, this is the way we've done it. It doesn't have to be that way. Let's change yeah. things. Let's get rid of the running rule. Hire who you want. That's less insulting well, than requiring it's, it's people. It should just go back to, I feel like, just whatever. Again, what like what you were saying, Brad. Hire the best coaches. Hire the best people. Period. End of discussion. If you make it just about... um. Pure, you know, okay, what can you bring to our team in both ability, capability, and character? Then you don't have to worry about, oh, we all have we, you know, interviewed our quota of people from such and such, you know, color palettes. That is so completely dumb. And it's, it it is racist. It is straight up racist. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that. Yeah, go ahead. I think this all started um, like when the John Gruden thing happened, like for me anyway, 
Like there's so yeah. much crap that happened in those in those emails with those owners, with the coaches, and like only John Gruden got canned. Um, like Dan Snyder from the football team, now the commanders, like he's an owner, right? Who's done horrible things and he's not going to get canned till he gets like, till someone forcibly removes him from office or forces him to sell the team. Like that's what, that's what we're dealing with now is owners at the top who make the rules, who make the, the hires, who, who whisper in the coach's ears, who whisper in the GM's ears. Again, most of these GMs are predominantly white. Like yeah. don't do this. Don't hire him. What it like, there is definitely racism in the NFL, no question about it. Um, especially from a GM coach standpoint, I believe I forget which team it was, but they interviewed a woman to be a GM, and I'm all for like yeah. again, if you're qualified, you're qualified, go for it. But like, if I'm sorry, like if there's a woman being interviewed before a black man who's been in football, who's lived and breathed football, like why are they still getting? the stick. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's weird to me. I feel like th- a lot of owners, people higher up are, are probably on the lines of thinking that like, we don't really trust these men to lead us or to pick the right players or to have the right strategy. It's a mindset. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even see that, but Alvin, you're yeah. exactly right. Like, and that's just a, a, a way of thinking that we need to get past and just, take out of our whoever has these thoughts get them out of our head because they're just not right um yeah yeah well the, the, the fact me, that again the enemy is still sitting off here to the side a great coach incredible. quality coach without and without a head coaching position is a travesty and the fact that teams feel like oh you know if we you know interview this person and then if we just put this specific person in regardless of their record just because of you know a color palette we get social justice bonus points both of those things are nuts and it needs to stop so so some of the, the thoughts that I had I want to believe Brian Flores I do I, I want to see the evidence obviously I think the Belichick thing was really kind of on the nose but you you can doctor that stuff I want to see the, the legal report that says hey we scan both phones. Here's the text messages. Then I'm then I'm in. I'm not saying I don't believe him. I just really I want to see it happen because I, I think he's right. John Elway and the Broncos, they haven't been able to figure anything out. And you want me to say that it's out of the question for him to be drunk and ridiculous to show up? Yeah, I'm sure that happened. I am. I, it, the the other thing on top of this is uh oh hang on. Yeah, I agree with that, Aubin. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, and 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 here let's let's talk about this too, Alvin. Um, Kyle brought up Gruden. That was my first thought when I thought about this. How many emails did they say they went through? And Gruden was the only person that's racist in the entire NFL. Yeah. Gruden, Gruden, yeah, yeah, Gruden yeah. was a scapegoat because once they got rid of Gruden, they said, "Look, see, we we got rid of it. It's not here anymore. Just yep. close your eyes and keep walking." Yep. I don't think that's it. I think, and this is why the NFL is being so defensive with Flores, and they're being nasty with him. They're like, these are uh, ridiculous accusations. I'm like, are they? Are they, though? No. Like, I, I, I'm with him. I stand with Flores. I need a shirt that says that I stand with Flores. Because <laughs> it, it's it's ridiculous, and, and it's probably all true. Like, I just, I want the proof. Stick it to him, man. 
open up the floodgates to all the crap that's happened to so many of our favorite players. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson probably faced this kind of stuff. T.O. probably faced this kind of stuff. Like, I, I, I'm trying to Ray, – Ray Lewis. Like, people that aren't even perfect, but we find ways to to put them down because they acted out in, in separate ways. Not saying mm-hmm. they're perfect, but if we had had a better system, could we have taken care of them, unlike how we protect Ben Roethlisberger? Kraft, Robert Kraft. You see what I mean? Like, we could go through a whole bunch of white men that get glossed over with this. But as soon as we walk into the black men, we go right to A.B. saying he's mentally unhealthy. I'd like to see what happens with the Buccaneers stuff, too. Yeah, no, no. The accusation is a white coach. I think what's dangerous is, like, once we're talking about these coaches and stuff, then we get to the players, like – there, legitimately, there are black or white. There are legitimately players in the NFL that just aren't good people. Yeah, I agree. Like, no, I agree. Yes. No. How like, I think that's a, I think that's a major issue as opposed to um, I'm I personally am not someone who subscribes to the idea that there's this invisible boogeyman out there called you know oh um, just you know systemic whatever. No, it's called there are individual people out there that are buttholes. And they act by the like that created them. It I'm is. Sorry. It's a system. And so, but, but I'm just going, yeah, there, but there are idiots in the world and they act this way and they act in a position of authority. They are in a, in a position of authority and then it just trickles down. And so what we, that needs, what needs to happen is, those people need to be exposed for the idiots that they are and say, hey, you don't get to act out that way because it's just plain evil. And maybe, so, maybe, but power is power. And as long as they remain in power, it becomes very difficult to weed out. That that's the thing with the NFL is like the system hasn't been changed. You know, right. like there are a lot of businesses, places, people, like a, a yeah. lot of a lot of that in like – like you're talking about Luke, like single people that are the issue. I think there are other aspects, other parts of, of this country, of this world, that there is a system still in place that we haven't like done anything with. It's a way of thinking. I think the NFL like hasn't done anything with their system to like, you know, make do with that, to make right with that. They haven't. Like the one thing that was done was we got rid of John Gruden for being racist. Like, that's not enough to me. Like it's it's still there. Owners have been there for the last twenty something years. We don't have a, a black owner. I don't know if we have any black GMs. Maybe one. Like it's just it's not like for the NFL for organizations. I think in that light, it is a little bit more of a system that we need to like figure out how can they like get out of that system and just be like open but i do agree with you luke that i don't think it's like every stinking corner of the earth is like a system of 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 racism at least not that i see but there are a lot of things again that i haven't seen let me let me let me let me let me let me jump on Aubin's point with that i do think there is systemic racism absolutely because let's think of it this way we talked about systems that are in place in the nfl let's think of that culturally that if there's a system that tells them that that behavior is okay, it doesn't matter if they're a butthole, 
John Gruden, a lot of people have said he's a nice guy. True or false? Everybody likes John Gruden. They do. Some people think he's weird, but people like him. Butthole mm-hmm. or not, he still thought it was acceptable to talk, speak, act in those ways. That comes from a system that tells him that that is okay, and and this is the way that we are allowed to act. So do, do I think it's involved in drink sizes at McDonald's? No. I think it's involved in a lot of social climate issues. Absolutely. Um, but that's that's a different table. Aubin, I know you're here. Uh, invite us on. Invite us on. Let's talk about this at length. I'd love to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, I would. I really would because I, I, I think that's more of an Afro-Latino's topic than it usually is one for us. Um, not saying it's not important. We just We just don't typically do that. <laughs> so um, that being said, I, I stand with Flores. I hope he gets them. He needs to. Um, do you do you, do we do we want to talk about what's going on with Kamara? I know that was like uh, a, a recent thing. Well, I mean, he he might be five years in prison for battery. Um, yeah. Not great news after the Pro Bowl. Um, that's basically. I, I, I would strongly recommend thinking of maybe somebody else as your keeper for fantasy leagues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Ryan Clark, we could probably talk about this. Oh, this is really interesting because, like, I'm not in agreement with Ryan Clark. He said that Russell Wilson isn't the type of quarterback to lead any team to the Super Bowl. We need to stop like talking about him, like we talk about Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or guys like that. And I'm just like, that makes no sense to me. Aaron, again, Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl. He's won one. Like, Russell Wilson should have had two easily, except for he threw a dumb pick at the end, and instead they should have, you know, ran the ball with Marshawn Lynch and won the game. Um, I just think Russell Wilson really hasn't gotten a fair shot to show what he's all about because, again, I think that organization's kind of crap. Um, what do you guys think about what Ryan Clark said? Um, who? Sorry, I'm kidding. I know who Ryan Clark is. Just the point of like, okay, most people would know who Russell Wilson is before Ryan Clark. Because he has been to the Super Bowl, you moron. It's not like he's never been there and is Aaron Rodgers-esque in terms of I choke every year. This happened to be the one year where he just didn't have, like this was years and years and years and years worth of we didn't put the right stuff around Russ. And it came to a head. And now we're suddenly going to throw him under the bus and say he can't take anybody to the Super Bowl? Can, can we, like, hello? Like, what, no, he's, what he's a great As How many – he's won, like, an MVP, right? I think so. Ooh, I don't know about that. But if he didn't, like, he's definitely close to winning one. So Yeah, So and, and again, he's gone to a Super Bowl. And he was darn close to – he was one bad call away from winning one. So it's like. Let's, let's be truthful about this, too. He's better than three quarters of the quarterbacks playing for teams right now. Better than so, Kirk Cousins. For <laughs> Ryan Clark to say that is like. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that's oh, wow. Well, that's I just that's remember his conversations, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he always starts out hot, and then they play like years out towards the back half of the season. I think that's what happens, um, or vice versa. Either way, um, but uh, right now he could go to Washington 
and probably perform really well. The Titans. The I think I think the Vikings. I think yeah. the Broncos. Like, oh my word, the Vikings! There are a lot of teams that are ready for a quarterback like him to come in and just literally be Russell Wilson, and oh. they're automatically a playoff team. Like, imagine Russell Wilson throwing to someone like Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Ooh. like, but for Ryan Clark to say like, "Oh, we shouldn't talk about him being a Super Bowl." Like, does Ryan Clark know that only two teams get there? You know how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl? Like, you talk about all these guys, oh, they, they can take this team to the Super Bowl. But, like, that's just a stupid argument in itself because only two teams can get there. Like, so if you're going to say Russell Wilson can't do that, well, then a lot of players probably can't do that. That's, you know? that's the same so, stat line when we were talking stats when Auburn was on. When I said, you know, for how good NFC quarterbacks have been, Listen, an AFC quarterback every year makes it to the Super Bowl since 1967. Right. <laughs> that's the kind of statement that Ryan yeah. Clark is making right now. Yeah, like, I think so. He's already been there. He's not Aaron Rodgers, who's always prepped to be the team coming into the playoffs and just falls apart. Russ's teams haven't always been the team, but somehow he always makes it happen. And he's running out of that magic because age, obviously, the body, obviously. But he still has that, like, player potential get him the right fit and he's there so i still think he has like five years left i do i say um, three i'll give you three, three? yeah how old yeah. is he he's 33 three okay. that's right yeah no he's got he could have five years in him maybe okay um so this next one Avin shared with me and i hadn't seen it yet and it's like blowing my entire mind right now guys Kyler Murray, yeah, <laughs> unfollowed the Cardinals, removed all Cardinals-related content from his Instagram. The only recent content was a picture of himself at the Pro Bowl and a story reshare of a Mike Evans post that said he always wanted to catch a pass from the Texas legend. Is he going to Tampa? <laughs> like, oh, hang on. Ooh. And not always, though. If you look at the past couple of years since the Legion of Boom like fell apart, yeah, his defense, like yeah, in the earlier years, yeah, his defense definitely helped him to get there. But also, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger when he won two Super Bowls. His defenses uh, were elite. You know what I mean? Like that's let's let's just equate those there for a second. Um, but the last four years, he had over a hundred rating. He's never had a rating below a 90. Like, statistically, he's one of the best quarterbacks we've had in the last eight years. So, like, I mean, he had 40 touchdowns last year to 13 interceptions in 2020. Like, he has – statistically, he's he's up there. Um, but his defense – yes, defense is needed. We know that. But, like, his defense is absolutely horrible. And also, they've never – they haven't had a good running game since Marshawn Lynch. So, like – that's something that they have not got nailed down for him yet. And also, I will talk about this every year if I have to. His offensive line is one of the worst O lines in football every year. So, I like, like Chris Carson, but Chris Carson can't stay healthy. Like, with um, okay. So, uh, last thing on on Kyler, um, would this be like the biggest blockbuster trade besides the Deshaun Watson thing, which will probably never happen? It, your franchise quarterback to the Bucks. They are going to have to give up a boatload of things. A farm. I I hear you. I I'm with you. I 
I don't hate it. I just think it's asinine. Like, that's the same as saying, like, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be an MVP every year because he gets bailed out by uh, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Like, that's that's how that take feels to me. It's like, why? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get it. Um, I hope he does go to greener pastures and has a better chance for another Super Bowl, um, which feels highly likely anyways. Um, let's scooch on over. Um, I was going to talk about this, but we can talk about it next Monday because I'm sure we'll have something else to talk about with Super Bowl 56. But, uh, next week we'll talk the tuck rule. I know they just, didn't they do like a, a an interview with Brady and yeah. with Desmond Howard on that? I'd, yeah. I'd like to go back and, and, and review that because that was such a weird, weird thing. Um, So Brady's retirement, it is official. It's finally happened. Uh, The big gabagool himself has announced that he's retiring. Um, I didn't think he was going to do it. I thought he was going to spite everybody because they leaked that he was going to retire. And I thought he was going to be like, because you said that I'm not retiring for four more years. And I took that personally. (laughs) But uh, I'm cool that he didn't. You know what? I get it. You didn't finish with a Super Bowl. I know that you like winning. I know that that's your MO. But I, as soon as I read the first report that he enjoyed having waffles with his kids after he got knocked out, I was like, he's not coming back. <laughs> and, and it gained steam, and I'm like, he may really not come back. And, and you're not. But you know what, man? I've ragged on you for years. Everybody loves to hate you. Um, coming from a, a, a school that gets a lot of hate for being good also, I get it. I get it, man. I do. But you know what? You are going to go down as the absolute best quarterback that has ever played. Question he might go down as the best athlete in team sports. That is a discussion that we probably should have at some point. That would be really Let's fun. Table that. Let's table yeah. that. Um, but I, I'll i at least give him the best quarterback that's ever played in the professional leagues for the NFL. Um, granted, yeah, some of those were your defense. Some of that was a field goal to get you the Super Bowl. But you know what? Regardless, one of that was the top roll. <laughs> and always put the team in a position to win. So say what you want. I hate that I'm saying it. Congrats, man. I knew I knew I knew this comment was coming. I figured you would still here. I knew but this agreed, was though. I mean it's hundred percent agree. Tom Brady is six four, can barely move, is immobile. Of course LeBron's a better athlete. Hands down. <laughs> the real question, who moves fast? Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger. Catch us next next week if we determine. Yes. Um, <laughs> they're both like white big trees. I want to see who's there. Um, that all being said, I just want to see a Marvel on. episode "What If" kind of thing. If LeBron went to the NFL and was like oh, yeah. a wide receiver or a tight end or something, I mean, he would have been I'd probably like, pretty good. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Oh, now I'm going to hang on. Hold on. You know what? I'll put 50 in. Um, so, let's go to NFL highlights. There is one game that's coming up. Um, I, I think it will be a decent game. I, I think they play this game every year. It's like some... 
something about a bird, like a superb owl or something like that. I don't remember. But uh, I know that some tigers and some rams are going to play. Uh, I'm kidding. I think it's because they're rams, obviously. Tigers and sheep, whatever. right? Whatever. <laughs> Super Bowl 56. I think everyone in the nation is pulling for Bengals, unless you live in L.A. or Detroit. Um, but, you know, every time I've said, ah, Burrow's done, oh, there goes their postseason. Whoop, there goes the regular season. They didn't draft an O-line. He has found a way to win, and it's terrifying because if that's a sign of things to come, maybe Cincinnati will be the new, like, Patriots dynasty, and that's terrifying to say, too. Um, hey, but Here's what I'm willing to say. I look at Joe Burrow's demeanor. I look at his just complete and utter poise and confidence under getting – sacked nine times and being in a raucous arrowhead. And I go, regardless of whether Cincinnati is the next Patriots, Joe Burrow might be the next Tom Brady. Now there's a hot take of hot takes, but I think he's got the skill set, even at his young age, that's only going to develop as he gets older. And I think he's got the mental fortitude to do it. So yeah. And he just came back from an ACL. Tear like correct. Uh, yes. Come back that fast, you know, and, and to just play to play recklessly with, with wild abandonment, and then like just run around and still get hit and throw bombs. Like super impressive for him to do that. Um, yeah, I, I would agree, Brad. I, I think that like the receivers, like some of the best, you know, tight end, not great, offensive line, horrible. But, like, once the Bengals know, hey, we got to Super Bowl, we can do this with Joe Burrow, like, then they're going to – oh, Brad left. Yeah, he. I think he's having internet problems. Yeah. But, no. Yeah. Keep once, going. Once, he, once he starts, like, doing this every year, then the Bengals are going to be like, okay, now we can start, like, actually building the offensive line. Now we can actually start giving him a tight end, like, more players. Like, once you have your quarterback figured out, a lot of the other stuff is just, it comes easier. So, yeah, yeah, no, I do think it's funny because we all remember that Tom Brady went to Michigan. I think it would be hilarious if that, if Joe Burrow is the next iteration of Tom Brady, Ohio State is like, no, we're not going to let Tom Brady go down as the go. We're going to loan uh, our quarterback out to LSU for a little bit and then he's going to be the goat. <laughs> loan. That's right. That's why I'm so good at Ohio State. You remember all those records that he, in the big ten. Oh, wait, that's right. That'll be it. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? what? He's from Brady, Ohio State, not LSU. Brady, Brady commented on it. Brady said the best career move he's ever made to leave Ohio State and go to LSU. And I was like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Alvin. I'm with it. He ain't no Ohio State boy. He broke all his records as a Tiger. I don't want to hear it. You, that's the first time I'm sticking up for LSU. Gross. That felt weird. <laughs> hey, Aubin, while you're here, did you Aubin, see you're the, welcome. Uh, the video of uh, Brian Kelly dancing with that tight end prospect, and it was really awkward? <laughs> and then maybe like two days afterwards, the tight end committed to Alabama. That was my favorite <laughs> offseason moment. How about you? No, that was just straight cringe. Can we talk about how straight cringe that was? Brian Kelly is straight cringe. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that you don't have a uh, go Tigers anymore. Uh, I'm excited that I'm now going to have 
<laughs> yeah. I'm I'm pumped, man. Uh, I, I'm ready for November. Um, all that being said, that is kind of a Super Bowl preview. I think everyone in here wants the Bengals to win. I think their offense is going to be a really good fit. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Kyle, it is a time for classic meatball. Let's put you in the director's chair here. Yeah, I'll make this really quick because, um, you know, as usual, we kind of spend about most of our show on the buzz. But here we go. Yeah. Uh, spicy well, meatball. The Pro Bowl needs to be wiped out. It's horrible. One of the worst events ever. I understand it's not in the middle of the year like a lot of um, playoff, you know, uh, elite talent bowls, whatever you want to call them, are. But it needs to be wiped out. It's horrible. No one wants to watch it. It needs to be replaced with the two worst teams in the NFL battling it out to get the number one pick overall. The two worst teams. So this year it was the Jaguars and the Lions, right? Or the Jaguars and the Texans, whatever. So they have to lose or win to get They the have pick. to win to get the number oh, one pick. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, I got it, I got it. They have to win to get the number one pick. I mean, do you, do you really think like how hard that team would coach, how hard those team, those players would play to get the number one overall pick? From an organization standpoint, like especially if you don't have quarterbacks, there's a sexy quarterback at number one. Those coaches will spend every waking hour staying up, planning for the game to get this W. Like I just think it would bring a lot more to the table. And um, we understand the NBA, there's a lottery, right? I believe the NHL, there's a lottery. Um, so the NFL, I think, needs to mix that up a little bit and make the two worst teams play for the number one overall pick. You, you I honestly – You have some criticism. I, I don't personally, know because that would be the best games they put on all season. It's true, though. It's true, though. And, so, and here's the thing. People, I think, they might watch because they're going to watch, you know, like the Jaguars and the Texans face off for and face off in the, you know, and they're going to play the hardest that they can. People might tune in for that, but they will definitely tune in to be like, okay, which one of these two teams is going to get the number one pick and which team is really going to be screwed up? Yeah, going to be pissed uh, off. Yeah, and basically gets the loser of losers award. It's like now the number one pick isn't going to go to the worst team. It's going to go to one of the worst teams, but <laughs> you you win one. So the loser, it's like you were so bad, you couldn't even get the number one pick. So Or the NFL should do a lottery for the top ten. Like, you know, like that would be kind of cool too, I, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I do get what you're going for. Um, Pro Bowl, again – no one does and watch. New Pelicans select Matt Corral be the point guard for Zion Williams. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Um, yeah, but okay. no, I, no one watches the really I'm gonna fly through this really quick. Um, flashing. Uh, for or, sorry, uh, let's take out the trash. Uh, Hugh Jackson lying about paying be paid to lose. Listen, man, just let Flores do his own thing. I know that you felt like you needed to be involved because you played in uh, the division uh, with the Bengals and the Steelers and the Ravens, and it's cool. It's awesome. You were a part. But, dude, like, just let Flores handle it. Mans came in with a lawyer and a whole, like, I, I've got it. 
we don't need you both. Like, if you actually got paid, show me, show me the receipt. Like, we, but you coming around and turning around and saying, no, I didn't actually get paid. Come on, man. Don't, don't do that. I'll take you out. Um, let's go. Uh, there has only been, I think, a few other instances. No, one other instance. Two number one overall draft picks in the Super Bowl. A, you know who it is. Is it, B, Cam, is it Cam Newton versus Peyton Manning? Correct. That is the only other time that's happened in Super Bowl history. And now we've got it again with the number one overall pick, Burrow, and the number one overall pick, Stafford. If you had to take one, Burrow or Stafford? Burrow. 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 There it is. Uh, simple. Starting at Stafford, you're, you're really not bad. He, he isn't bad. He isn't um, bad. It's just I feel like we're seeing something generational in Joe Burrow. I mean, the fact I will I will not forget for a long time the fact that he got sacked nine times and still found a way to win. That just kind of blows my mind. For sure. Um. So we've been doing transfer portal shakeups. Uh, last week was super long with quarterbacks. This week, not so much with running backs. Um, Jarek Broussard, the running back for Colorado, is going to Michigan State. Uh, perfect. If you're Michigan State, you lose Kenny Walker and bring in a pretty decent back in Jared Broussard. A little smaller. Yeah, but I'm not worried about it. He's still speedy. But you're right, though. As long as he doesn't get injured, I guess that's the important part. Um, Lincoln Riley, I still think it's a bad idea to go out there until he's proven that he's done something with that school yet, Caleb Williams. Um, But Travis Dye went from Oregon to USC. I, here's why I don't get this. You were the lead back at Oregon, man. You were yeah. doing great. Like, why are you just going to hope that you get drafted higher? Because if you're going to USC, they ain't got nothing. They ain't got no wide receivers. I guess you'll be the number one running back. That's fine. But Here's the thing, though. Let me come to USC's defense just right now for a second. No. They have one of the. They have a great coach right now in Lincoln Riley. They have a great quarterback no. in Caleb Williams. They've got some now great wide receivers in the wide receivers that have transferred. Now, like one of the wide receivers from Oklahoma transferred over Mario to USC. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And now you've got this. Approved. It is starting to come together as at least a quality offense. And if nope. you don't think Lincoln Riley can do something with that, I've got you know some you know I've got the Hollywood Bowl to sell you. So. The last time USC did anything was with Pete Carroll, a proven coach, which Lincoln Riley has proven, but you're playing in the Big 12 where there's no defense. And I'm gonna I'm supposed to be impressed that you're going to the Pac-12, who doesn't play any games. Like you don't play offense or defense. You just show up. Like, of course he's gonna be good, but it's not because he's good, it's because he plays in a halfway propped up division and conference. Well, here's like, the thing. The if if the Pac-12 is really that much worse than the Big 12, then we should expect Lincoln Riley to absolutely wipe the floor with the Pac-12. He should. And so, and if if he did, it's not impressive. With one loss in the Big Pac-12, he's going to the playoff. Maybe. Maybe. But, like, even when Pete Carroll did it, you know, I get, like, things were different back then because that was a while ago, but you know, in terms of the SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, like USC, even though they lost to Texas, um, you know, 
mean, they were up there and they beat good teams. Have things yeah. changed? Yes, yeah. but like, I, I mean, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, I know is for the NFL. But like, I believe yeah. like if USC would get there, run the table as they should with Lincoln Riley at USC, like I feel like they put up, they should put up a little bit of a better fight than like I don't know. Cincinnati, you know, or Michigan yeah. did, you know, like I feel like no. that is doable. So I agree, but it's the Clemson situation all over again. Tell me, honestly, is there another powerhouse in the ACC? No. But in, in, oh, the, Pac-12, in the Pac 12, it changes hands every year. Oregon, Utah, Washington, like no one is a set stone. So if USC does it, congratulations. You're the best of the worst. Like, what what prize is that? I did well, serve Clemson LSU. pretty well from, like, you know, in just a few years ago. But they didn't have I, to I play think, anybody until they got to the national, like, title. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I agree they don't play anybody. But, like, at least when Clemson got there, like, they put up a fight and they won, you know, like – I think that's good. I think that's I mean, good for college football. Is Trevor, like let's all remember Trevor Lawrence's freshman year, what they did to Alabama in the championship. I don't care about Trevor Lawrence. I cared more about Deshaun Watson. At least he proved that he could take a subpar Clemson team and actually compete. Those games were better than Trevor Lawrence's smackdown of Alabama. Sure, you have the time in the world to play ho hum. We played North Carolina for the ACC championship game. Meanwhile, <laughs> Alabama has to play Georgia's and the Floridas of the world, who were actually ranked pretty high. Thank you very much. Like, we had to play a real schedule to get there. Clinton did not. So, again, it might be good for the sport to see a different team get there, but if you don't play to get there, am I going to respect that? Probably not. Like, well, yeah, I'm gonna you might not respect it, but if they can get there and then they can win, like – that's what it, that's what it's about, you know. You got to show up every yeah. week, and if you can't if you can't beat the USC's or and they have, but yeah, the future reference the USC's, the Clemson's, the whoever is in a crappy conference, Notre Dame, well, that wouldn't happen. But like if they did, like you got to beat them no matter what. So here's a cautionary tale too: we should not expect immediate success from Lincoln Riley. Anyway, he built a powerhouse with Oklahoma. How many championships did they win? How many national title appearances? Didn't he have Heisman win quarterbacks? How many? Do we know that? At least two or three. I think three. Jalen Hurts would have been three, but he finished behind Burrow. My point being, he has had incredible talent and couldn't do anything. I think it is a career poison for Caleb Williams to follow that man and think that, oh, I mean, going to the NFL, sure, that that's fine. I'll give Lincoln Riley that. He knows how to put in good talent to the next level. But in terms of winning at the college level, that's part of the fun. You want to win. You're not going to do that at USC. You're not. Like, I, I just, I don't see that they are going to win a national title. Now, if they do, I'll eat my word. You both can hold me to that. If they do, I will eat it. I will absolutely eat it and say, Okay, Lincoln Riley, good move, good move, good recruit. But I just – I don't see it. I really don't. Come come to Tuscaloosa. Come and play us in a bowl game and prove it because you couldn't prove it with Oklahoma. I, don't, I doubt you're going to prove it with USC. Here, here's here's what I will end with the matter, and, and then I'm, I'm going to let it go. Before, before I forget, before I forget let, me, let me add one more thing. 
because you'll agree with this too. Also, on top of that, you're recruiting in the state of California. Where are those SoCal kids right now? Who's leading Ohio State as the passer? Who's leading Alabama as their lead passer? You have to beat these blue blood fools now, being nobody USC who has been nobody since the early My drop, that's my final point. Have at it. Okay, here's here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. We all remember back in like the early 2010s, and I'm thinking more like the 2000s, when this coach went from the powerhouse SEC, when it was a powerhouse back then, like late 2000s into like the 2000s, that the SEC was the powerhouse. Absolutely. Um, it's become a little bit less so. I think the Big Ten has kind of come back into that, but we'll leave that for now. This coach took, I went to a team that had gotten its butt whooped by SEC teams every time it went up against them and turned it basically into the SEC team of the North. That was Urban Meyer with Ohio. So what is to prevent Lincoln Riley from doing the same thing with a Pac-12 team in that here's what it'll be. His name is going to draw quarterback talent like bees to honey. So he's going to have good quarterbacks already. And here's the thing. The quarterbacks that are in California right now, because right now there are the the two names when it comes to coaching quarterbacks right now in, in college football are Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley. And if they have Lincoln Riley in their own backyard, they're going to go to Lincoln Riley. So I would, you I would have Nick Saban too, but I mean, okay, yeah, I think that's more. I don't think he's like uh, he's nowhere no, near I'm the just, quarterback whisperer that Lincoln Riley or Ryan I'm, Day is. I'm just saying it's not just Lincoln Riley. Like Lincoln Riley is not the only coach out there that knows how to develop quarterback talent. Like he is not going to win on name alone. Also, I know who you're talking about. You're referring to Urban Meyer, who went to Ohio State and built quite the powerhouse at Ohio State. I am familiar with that story. I am. I had to play Urban Meyer long before. You had him as a coach, I know, but you played him. <laughs> the point, though, is how urban. How urban. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Alvin. Uh, the the point is how urban got there. He didn't backstab Florida. He didn't say, "Ah, oh, well, I'm going to stick around and then fly by night." Just whoop, I'm somewhere else now. Sorry, recruit. He told people he was like, "I might go somewhere else. I might be done with coaching." Then went to Ohio State. Who cares? Lincoln Riley stabbed. Oklahoma's back really badly. He did. I'm he not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And then he's gone. That is going to get remembered by a lot of recruits. That is going to get remembered. Same mm-hmm. with Harbaugh. Even Harbaugh looking at NFL jobs, whether he I think Harbaugh not, more so. Whether he took it or not, he came back, but it'll still be remembered. He looked. I think Lincoln Riley's fine out there. I mean, I understand other teams on the East Coast, like in Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, those kind of teams can recruit everywhere, and they have, and they always will, as long as they have those coaches there. There's really no one else in California that comes close to a recruiter as Lincoln Riley. So you're saying, yes, Ohio State and all those teams, they recruited the crap out of California, and it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard anywhere, but they never had Lincoln Riley in California. So, like, that in no. itself is going to be uh, a different challenge for other teams, East Coast. Um, mm-hmm. For him, 
but for him, there's a lot of talent in Texas, Oklahoma, that area. Yeah. Um, but I think there's probably, probably maybe a little bit more in California. Um, so like recruiting wise, I don't think it's going to be like that massive of a difference. I just think Lincoln Riley can turn USC into basically the Clemson of the West. I think so too. That, um, they won't have anyone really to compete with them. Right. They'll be able to go with really high records potentially because they will absolutely in a few years. If all, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, they're going to be demolishing the Oregon's, the Washington's, the Utah's of the yeah. conference. They're going to have a really high record, even though some might debate how high it should be. And then they're going to come into the playoff and do what Clemson does on a regular basis. And so I think that is entirely possible. Now we might debate whether or not it's right, like we have with Clemson, but it's, it's, I think it looks eerily similar. I I hate to agree, but yeah. Yep, and I always different ball game. That's know, oh, that I is know, so true. USC has money. that California Hollywood money. He's got. They've got that uh, Hollywood money now. I will make one correction to your statement, Luke. Other than that, I agree. USC will be the Oklahoma of the West. I don't think they will have as much success that Clemson has, but they'll still be a powerhouse. They'll still be in the conversation. They'll just disappoint year after year. That is Maybe. my prediction for USC football. Maybe we'll see. Maybe. I mean, nobody. They've brought in how many saviors have they brought into that program that just have done nothing? Like, granted, they well, haven't probably had a quarterback like Caleb Williams since like what the early two thousands. Matt Liner, uh, uh, help me out here, Kyle. I don't remember them all. They kind Mark of Mark Sanchez, John yeah, David Sanchez. Booty. <laughs> he was Booty. Carson um, Palmer. <laughs> yeah, like they had good quarterbacks. They did. If USC can continue that, great. I'm just not sold. Excuse me, Matt Barkley? Like, come on. This is my point. They were good in college. That might be where the buck stops. We'll find out. Anyways, all of that to say, I'm watching you, man. I'm watching Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. We'll see. Uh, so we talked about Travis Dye from Oregon to USC. That's what brought the whole conversation. Um, Kai Thomas is going from Minnesota to Kansas. Um, it feels like a step across. However, that Kansas team shows some grit. Late season. I don't think this is going to be feeder Kansas from now on. He's um, also from Kansas, too, so he's just going back home. Yeah. Plus, um, no I think thing. you're going to have uh, Mohamed Ibrahim coming back for uh, Minnesota. He was really good. Yeah, yeah no. I, I saw him in the first game of the season yeah. before he hurt he himself. Yeah. He is a very good running very back. Very talented, yeah. And so, he, Kai is not going to get starting time be, um, with – Mohammed Ibrahim in this table yeah. as well. Probably not. Uh, Noah Kane left Penn State to LSU. That makes sense. Kyle and I talked about this when it happened. He just kind of had fallen out of the starting favor anyway. Yeah. So. I don't think he's going to get a ton of time at LSU either. Freshman yeah. year, he was looking like he would have been like a second-round draft pick at one point. But injuries yeah. kind of derailed his career a little bit. And our offensive line is booty cheeks, so – <laughs> makes sense. He wants to go to LSU. So. Um, He'll get to Mac that. Evans makes the move from Big 12 from TCU to Ole Miss. This was great for Ole Miss. They addressed a key need as they're losing Snoop Connor and Jerry on Ely both in the same year, which is your starter and your backup. So you had like 
big old question mark. So they've now answered quarterback with Jackson Dart and running back with Zach Evans. They might be geared up to, to go pretty far again. Maybe. We'll see. Dart's good. We'll see how he adjusts to the offense. Zach Evans but had a really good year this year. Yeah, dangerous moves for Ole Miss. Um, Tyon Evans went from Tennessee to Louisville. Um, probably good because Malik Cunningham has been running all over the field by himself. He's not Lamar, given the help he needs. Uh, Jameer Gibbs goes from Georgia Tech to Alabama. Great. That was another big question mark we had coming into the offseason. I like Trey Sanders. I do. Uh, I just feel like he needs more time to develop. So maybe Jameer Gibbs gives him that like gap year to like really develop as a good potential starter because uh, he really just got thrown into emergency starting this year. Um, Jalen Berger went from Wisconsin to Michigan State. Uh, I saw that. I was like, okay, so Michigan State is going to develop a big old run game, I think, and have like a committee. Um, yeah, Jalen Berger was like a, a pretty high recruit for a running back for Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin doesn't get like yeah. other than Jonathan Taylor. You know, that was a pretty big get for them. But, but they, had, um, they had Melvin Gordon too. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thinking like like high recruits so like well, I don't know high recruit here than both of them coming out of high school, but yeah, I don't know how high recruits a lot of these guys were, but like recently anyway, like Jalen Berger was like a pretty high recruit, so for him to like fall out of favor and then I think he got kicked off the team and don't know exactly what he did. So like hopefully he can write his career at Michigan State. Um but Michigan State getting both those guys, very different kinds of backs for sure. Um, but maybe that'll help replace Kenny Walker. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'd like to see it. Um, it's going to be big shoes to fill, but you're right. Burrow's not going to take over Allen as the lead back for Wisconsin anytime soon. So probably a good move for him. Um, then Jay Dixon goes from Clemson to West Virginia. It's strange. We don't see a lot of people leave Clemson in that way. Um, I'd be curious to see it. Yes, I'd be curious to see if it's just an interest in West Virginia, if it's just interesting getting away from coach that he stopped coaching if NIL deals ever went through. Who knows? We'll find out later. Um, Maybe he just likes the West Virginia song. Maybe he just West Virginia. The exodus from TCU continues. Monte Watkins goes from TCU to New Mexico. Best of luck with that move. Um <laughs> <laughs> goes from Louisiana to Florida. That's pretty good. Florida's run game was okay with Pierce, but obviously the quarterback and running back, like the whole offense was just kind of okay, needed help. Um, let's also mention that Amani Bailey from Louisiana is going to TCU. So, yeah, TCU is losing people, but I guess they're getting somebody back. So maybe that will make up for it. You're in the Big 12. You're not going to do a whole ton. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Let's finish up our episode here with Jock, Paper, Scissors. Uh, guys, is it – and I'll, I'll vote too. Is it Commanders, Generals, or the football team? What would have served Washington best? Football team. Honestly, I like Commanders. Oh, It's not – I mean, it's not the best, but it's it, – <laughs> Wait, oh, I'm trying to unmute it. It's not pressing it. <laughs> no. Oh my god. 
I, but no, I think it's like, okay, there are worse names in the NFL. Come on. You're so, yeah, right. Commanders. Like the anuses. That's about it. Like, you know, that'd be like the only worst team name ever. Yeah. Commanders well, feels I, like when New Orleans went to the Pelicans. Like, great. You need the name. You could have picked a better one. Yeah. I feel like it's just getting yeah, worse. No. Yeah. yeah. No, here's the thing. I don't think they could have stayed the football team forever. They needed to pick something. It was always meant to be a placeholder. The placeholder was already getting old. What about the potato skins? Why didn't we think of that? They, that's well, that's even worse than Commanders. They could have been more intimidating as the Cavaliers. Like, come on, guys. Like, or the pig skins. What about the uh, Washington pig skins, you know? I don't know. Yeah. That actually is hilarious. So for me, I'm not taking any of those names. Uh, I like Red Hawks. They brought out Red Hawks. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, give some credit to your old line from ages and ages ago that were just called, I think, just the Hawks, right, Kyle? Or was there a different name for that? I thought it was just the Hawks. Um, but I would have liked that, too. I just felt like Commanders would take two years to do Commanders. Like, I'm going to go back to an old LeBron Twitter where he uh, – tweet where he was making fun of Washington because he said, you know these guys sat in a conference room and came up with the Washington football team. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, it just, it's okay. It could have been if you're going to redesign your whole franchise. So, um, we'll see. Um, so, we're to end in a strange way. I don't know if anybody can hear me because I'm, I'm the G. Um, you're you're really... You're you're cutting out pretty bad, but I think people can still kind of understand you. Okay, one sec. How do you have your phone? My phone? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, <laughs> cool. So Random Fandom is a thing that we've done, a video, an episode every Friday. You know it, you love it, top five, all that good jazz. We're going to start to transition to something else instead of Random Fandom. It's going to be called Smash Popcorn. You're probably asking, what the heck is Smash Popcorn? Are we going to get drunk live? No, we're not. Um, but what we are going to do is we are going to review a movie every Friday. Um, we have a lot of different ideas for what kind of movie we're going to do, but it's something that we've always wanted, at least the three of us, the two of us, whatever, have always wanted to do, review a movie. Um, I think early on it's going to be movies that most people have seen. And then as we get more and more traction and, and better at it, we're going to go to like movies that are out now, movies that are premiering, so we can be the first ones to like review it for everybody that watches. So – um, we'll talk about the movie, all the good stuff attached with it, you know, cinematography, soundtrack, acting, um, and then we'll give it our score at the end of the episode. So, um, watch out for that. I believe that will start next Friday, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Um, yeah, next Friday, not this Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Yeah. Yes. So watch out for that. Mm -hmm. uh, all righty. All right, thanks everybody for hanging with us. I don't know if I'm still bitching. Uh, this has been another episode of Jock Talk with the Jocks of All Trades podcast. We will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.